I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. So I think next three or four months, I think we need to think of a way to start operating. Even we are starting again from scratch. One car retail today at one dealership when we are celebrating. Okay, it's not a switch on, switch off kind of a situation. When we switched off before the lockdown and suddenly it can be switched on now. You know, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of struggle, a lot of pain, you know. And then on top of it, if you have, if you don't have a clarity in policy and the government says, hey, if something happens in the factory, I'll close the factory for three months or I'll put CEO behind bars, then we have to ask the questions if something happens in your constituency. Who are the IES officers, IPS officers or the politicians responsible? Uh, are they accountable the way you want to hold a CEO responsible for a factory mishap? You know, so I think it goes back to the trust factor. I think we need to join hands, we need to collaborate, we need to work together. Also, we all know, we all know that GDP, automotive GDP is 8% or 9% of the economy. So Bhargava said 50% of manufacturing is automotive. If you take the whole value chain, and I call it in my own way, R to R, raw material getting into the car till the resale price of the car. If you take the whole value chain, there are thousands of touch points and the employment generation is huge. It's it's in the interest of the government, if they want more revenue, and by the way, they are revenue strapped, right? They don't have cash. So if they want revenue, it's a win-win situation to make sure that the auto industry starts getting revived. Despite all the challenges, exports have been amazing from India. Despite all the challenges, right? Most of the players are exporting from India. Why should we, why should we not encourage that? You know, so in my opinion, I think it starts with what do you want to do? There's a there used to be a healthy baby called automotive industry. You want to keep it healthy and in turn get benefited, or 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 you want to make them weak and weak, thinking that they will do on their own. One one factor which uh, last year we talked a lot is we have we have we are trying to make a world class product. You know, in India. Thanks to our regulations, safety norms, pedestrian safety, emissions. So you want to give a first called world product, but at a third world price. So coming to the coming coming to that point, you know, how can we give discounts beyond a point? Okay, if somebody is desperate for some cash for some time, actually somebody can do some kind of schemes. But that's not sustainable. You know, so I think I think we need to have a holistic approach. One last thing I would say uh, that you know. Uh, Certain things, it struck with me what, what Mr. Bhargava said, you know, when you talk about, you know, bureaucracy and things like that, that they need to change the mindset. You know, the whole thing has to be, by the way, I had the fortune of starting this company from scratch, right, in MG. So, you know, we said, hey, listen, what philosophy can you have? Do I trust you unless you prove me wrong? Or I don't trust you unless you prove me wrong? Industry and the auto industry can be, they've got together primarily on developing a vaccine for the and uh, this uh, coronavirus they have not got together on uh, developing all the products which in which they are competing in the marketplace it's not as if the companies are 
merging and going to have a second uh, same brand for selling everything at the same price. That's not the intention anywhere. And I think in the automobile industry, the same problem holds. We are ultimately competitors for the market. And in doing that competition, everybody is looking to see how to develop uh, an appropriate technology to compete more effectively. We have to compete in the global markets. Yes, if there's any one particular technology which is going to be universal, maybe industry can come together. But I think it's an extremely difficult thing to do in the automobile industry to collaborate on one part like the uh, pharma industry is doing. So I don't think it's a practical idea at all. No, I understand. So uh, right now, I mean, uh, the, uh, the understanding is that the entire focus of the industry, uh, we have Mr. Kirloskar and also Mr. Vadera with us. So they will both agree that the entire focus of the industry has been to sort of uh, get on the same plane with the government, you know, as far as policymaking is concerned, to get the approvals, to get things started is concerned. Now, going forward, uh, uh, assuming that things kind of smoothen out in the next uh, next few weeks, what are the key changes uh, in terms of business models per se that industry is likely to see? I'll ask that to Mr. Vadera first, and then I'll go to Mr. Kirloskar. He also runs a very successful okay. car company. Uh, okay, the Varshi, I think uh, I must do justice to all my SIM members, and I want to clarify that auto industry is not only cars. Absolutely. Auto industry is about two wheelers, three wheelers, small yeah. commercial vehicles and big commercial vehicle. In fact, the proportion of uh, uh, other vehicles which are commercial in nature and largely two and three wheeler which are used as personal transportation is very, very large. So therefore, uh, I think uh, if I look at the entire industry, uh, I strongly feel that there is going to be development in the rural areas. When I say rural, it does not mean only agriculture. Uh, I probably see a pattern shifting where uh, industries may move into clusters uh, into the rural areas uh, because of the migrant labor not coming. Maybe industry goes into an area where labor is easily available, where social distancing is not a very big problem. So when it comes to two-wheelers, three-wheelers, commercial vehicles, maybe there will be, uh, as I call it, objects of mobility and objects of desire. So objects of mobility are going to have a completely different uh, uh, ball game altogether and there is going to be very revolutionary changes that will happen. And within the other companies, automation is industry 4.0, huge amount of automation because social distancing or physical distancing, you can do up to a point, but beyond that, it will not be possible. So coming back to the, you know, the present, uh, uh, the issues that we are all facing, I think... Uh, uh, we we will have to see things completely uh, from a different perspective, whether it is our selling practices, uh, whether it is our dealing with the labor practices. Uh, all of this will have to change and uh, the face of the industry will be very distinct for objects of mobility and objects of desire. And cars are largely objects of desire. And the shared mobility is also going to change. E-commerce is going to come up big way. So commercial vehicle may increase there. And as I think sometime back, uh, uh, we talked about, uh, Mr. Chaba talked about GST collection. 1,50,000 crores is the GST collection. If uh, our if we go down to 50%, collections will fall to 75,000 uh, uh, lakh crores. So to that extent, I think we are in a situation uh, where industry needs stimulus 
and uh, government uh, we are in discussion with them and i'm sure they will see logic of that so that is the other part of the auto industry which we should uh, be also clear about uh, you know uh, and uh, different rules and different kind of uh, equations apply in that commercial part of the industry uh, before we go to mr kirloskar i have a very basic question a lot of people are saying that you know uh, once once we are out of the lockdown and once uh, of course till there is a cure or a vaccine uh, are we going to see uh, you know higher sales of at least small cars as people sort of shun public transport they, they buy small cars and they go to their offices and work places do you think that 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 is likely to happen mr kiloskar you know first i think we must realize that the end of the lockdown means that we are getting enough hospital space okay it doesn't mean that the crisis is over crisis may get even larger but we have enough place to treat patients enough ventilators enough other sources of treatment and enough space available if you look around the country you'll find a huge amount of empty hospital beds which have been created only for this purpose and and the main purpose of the lockdowns anywhere in the world have been basically for this we are trying to control the spread of the virus but we are also preparing ourselves in case after a lockdown and we start working things will uh, things may go up so in view of that i think uh, if if that doesn't happen if the if the growth rate of infection doesn't increase and we are still able to keep a tight control on social distancing the only thing that seems to work to reduce this is social distancing washing your hands and a mask more than anything else that's that's the main working point if we can if we can maintain dis- discipline and keep ourselves as maintain ourselves as responsible citizens then i think we have a chance to get the economy wheel which we have we are opening we are starting to rotate faster and faster whether we buy small cars or big cars you know that's that's a question we are discussing all the time uh, whether people you know the, the pessimistic view is who's going to buy a car in the in the morning and the second optimistic view is i don't want to drive in a uh shared shared car because i don't know what's left inside the car so i'll buy one more car so the, or one more uh, scooter yeah. or one more or something so i think i think i think both views are prevalent and I, i it's very hard for me to say which will you know what's going to work i think in different markets it's going to look at things are going to be different because where you see the maximum amount of shared mobility is also where you have the least maximum amount of traffic jams uh uh and adding more vehicles on the road is it going to make a big uh, you know it's going to change things so that's that's uh, that's my feelings i think we have to just wait and watch the market uh and you are you are asking about what will what will be our way of business in the future way of business to there's a short term way and a longer term way i think the short term way in the next while the crisis is lasting and especially until a vaccine comes down or, or until the virus uh uh spread stabilizes to a man, to a to a safe or where where a human feels a, a citizen of india feels it's safe to be around here and is he's not scared all the time closer to the last year levels hopefully after eight or nine months but the fact is that this year industry will be down we used to think worst case 20-25% but now if the gdp of the country goes down by uh, maybe minus 2 minus 3% then it can be down by 50% 40% so nobody knows and it means whatever levels of auto industry we have seen uh 7 8 years back we go back to that level now just imagine the capacities have been created in the country so what happens to that capacity what happens to the resources what we have generated 
uh, in terms of manpower and dealer manpower you know uh, i think so so the the calibration has to be done to have the right size for the industry capacity resources financing and everything so i think it will be it will be a tough thing but coming to the demand side uh, i think this is a great opportunity uh, uh, and personally i'll be very disappointed if the government doesn't do is the great opportunity for end of life cycle of vehicle the scrappage thing which actually combines everything what we have been talking so far it takes care of the customer interest it takes it gives some stimulus to the industry and also also wow. it takes care of the environment because you are replacing the old cars so euro to bs 234 with the six cars more fuel efficient cars more safe cars you know better environmentally suited cars so i think i think that stimulus of end of life cycle if we can do it is a great opportunity for us to do it secondly again this is the customer uh, demand side i would say my personal viewpoint would be that uh, uh, from the customer perspective if you think some because the public transportation system is not, not the greatest in our country you know and you may not like to take those system because of the cleanliness issues hygiene issues and blah 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 so there should be some demand for it's 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 a need actually it's not that they are dying to buy the car but it will be a need because of the poor uh, poor urban transportation in our country so i think some car demand will be there i would like to bet on one more thing you know some guys have this concept of yolo right you only live once now they may say ki ek chote se virus ne itna gadbad kar diya hai so what what the hell i am doing for all my savings and all so even the top end cars like the customers who are 50 55 60 years old probably who have done all the savings in life and they are having a, they are having they are having a good life they may like to indulge they may like to buy more luxury products you know and by the way in china if you see april in april result has been very good though the government has given st- stimulus there by the way okay so i think if we work smartly i feel we can still try to uh, uh, improve from the current process and some customers will go for the high end products so some customers should go for low end products and by the way the shared mobility side those guys are not sitting idle they're smart guys i'm sure every day they are thinking of what all they need to do to revive the demand in uh, in shared mobility very smart people right so they must be thinking of how, how how do they create the barricade between the driver and the and the customer the sanitizing of the car you know the gloves with the driver blah 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 all kinds of things because you need to tell the customer hey listen you can trust me uh, we are giving you a safe working safe car environment you know the car solutions we are talking about like we just did a tie up with a medical company which has a world class um, you know, which makes a world class product for sanitizing the whole car cabin and not only the air but also also you know it, it removes it from the surface so those kind of solutions will come little bit of cost there i think with all the i think a lot of innovation would happen in my opinion a lot of new things will happen but we need to work together the point is the government industry needs to work together we need to have the right whether whatever you call it stimulus the right policies the right framework and taking care of all the stakeholders including environment so completely agree let me let me on that note ask uh, uh, mr bhargav sir uh, the uh, auto sector has always been on the forefront of automation you know i mean plants have been always fairly automated uh, do you how do you see this pandemic now you know with the social distancing requirements in place uh, what what kind of uh, what to what extent you think automation will take over that uh, there is also a human side of uh, human side of things there you know there are employment issue uh, you know issues concerned with that what do you think is the way ahead there well <clears throat> let me talk of two things we have been discussing demand and uh, let me make a comment on the demand side the demand in india is constrained primarily because of affordability 
the number of people who want to buy cars is extremely large, but they can't afford to buy a car. And they are perforce continuing to use two wheelers. Let me give you the main reason for it. The main reason for it is the fact of taxation, which has its origins going back to our socialist days. The GST on cars in India ranges from 29% up to 50% for the big cars. In addition to this GST of 29 to 50%, the states levy a one-time road tax at the time of buying a car, which is from 4% to 20%. That's added to the GST. So you can see what that becomes. And then there's roughly a 3% cost of car, which is added again at the time of buying to pay for the third-party insurance. <clears throat> so it all adds up to a pretty high figure of 50% to 70%. Now, if I buy a car in the EU, the entire European Union, all I pay is 19% VAT. If I buy a car in Japan, I pay only 10% VAT. Now, as Mr. Vadera said, we have first world cars with all the features of the first world. But we have taxation, which is three times, four times the first world taxation. How do you expect this industry to grow? This um, scrappage is fine, but scrappage only advances purchase decisions, does not increase the affordability of cars on any long period of time. And to my mind, I would much, much rather look at this whole cost of acquisition of a car, how to bring this down, how to make it more in line with what the global thing is than to do this. So that's my uh, thing on the demand side, because without that, this industry is not going to go back to even last year's levels, frankly. I don't, don't think it's going to happen. Uh, what was your second question? Asking about automation, you know, I mean, uh, as we go into production gradually, uh, you see machines doing most of the work because social yeah. distance. You know, uh, the problem with automation is that it's not something which you can do readily while continuing production. You can, but it requires a lot of planning of production or project engineering. It'll require companies to find a lot of cash, which at this time is not so easy to come. It takes time to do it. People have to be trained. You'll have the problem with the unions that if you want to get rid of workers, that itself is going to create a problem. So I think any sudden increase in automation in existing factories is not going to happen. It can happen gradually. Some areas could get automated. But I think when new plants come up, certainly they are getting more and more automated. But don't expect that today's plant, which is largely manual somewhere, is in six months going to become a highly automated plant. Not possible. Mr. Kirloska made a very interesting point. He mentioned that people are going to miss the blue skies, you know, uh, once this pandemic is behind us. Uh, <clears> what <throat> kind of situations? Of course, EV, uh, we were in fact wondering if the EV story is now sort of uh, has, has been put on the back burner because right now the focus is on survival. Uh, how, how do you see those, those, those innovations panning out in this current situation? You're talking you about to that? Or yeah. The be... question is to both of you. Sir, go ahead, please. Okay. You know, the first thing which I think we have to we keep repeating, but obviously it doesn't penetrate very much, is that cars particularly are not a major 
or even a minor source of pollution. If you look both at both the studies done in Delhi by the IIT Kanpur and done by the uh, Terry Institute, the pollution PM 2.5 from cars ranges from about 2% to 3%. The major causes of pollution have been building activities, roadside dust and construction on the roadside, burning of a lot of municipal waste, industries running, power stations, flight dust accumulation, and all of those things. Those have also come to a stop. So the blue skies are not happening because cars have stopped running. I think that needs to be kept in mind. Although every time there's pollution, the only cause of pollution, as I can see from the press and elsewhere, is the cars. But it's factually data-based totally wrong. And uh, cars now will be, uh, all new cars are BS6. BS6 is a very uh, environmentally friendly area of uh, friendly cars. And the pollution from them is even much lower. Yes, we have to worry about two-wheelers because two-wheelers consume three times as much petrol as cars do. And uh, their pollution level rather is three times as much. And their numbers are much larger. And I think that's somewhere where we will now see that because they are becoming BS6, I think that area will get much more under control. Commercial vehicles from major cities, have most, at least Delhi has ruled out most of commercial vehicles which used to enter here. And I think that area and buses and all will become electrified. But I don't see that in the near future because of affordability factors, primarily infrastructure also, electric cars are going to play a major role in this country. Mr. Kiloska? No, I, I tend to agree with uh, Mr. Bhargav. It's, you're going to see probably more electrification in two-wheelers and three-wheelers. Uh, the, the buses, uh, I don't think long-distance trucks, you're carrying around batteries too much. That's cool. it, it doesn't seem viable. You're just carrying a weight. Uh, you know, if you, the, if, if you look at the, uh, an, a typical apartment block in Bangalore, there may be two, three hundred apartments in a typical apartment block. Okay. And uh, each of them have 3.7 kilowatts of power. If you have a car with 25 or 30 kilowatt battery, you can, if you want to charge it, if it's zero charge, you'll have to shut everything in your house for 10 hours. So the, the you're talking of a kind of infrastructure requirement of just putting in wires and tubes, I mean, uh, pipes to supply electricity, which is just not viable right now. If you yeah. want to, if you want to uh, 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 charge that vehicle in one hour, you require twenty-five kilowatt connection or more, twenty-five thirty kilowatt connection. Where where do you have it? Are there stories of people putting generating sets and charging the buses? Are, are we, you know, what are we uh, trying to do? No, uh, okay. no absolutely, absolutely. The sale of gensets to bus depots is increasing. I know. Yeah. This is for charging buses. I mean, Bobo, <laughs> it's it's the most crazy we're doing. So so let's let's uh, the oil prices are down. Oil prices are going to continue to be down, and that's going to be the other uh, challenge to an electric vehicle. I think long term electric mobility is going to be there in a large way. It's going to depend a lot on how you'll supply energy to the batteries or hydrogen or whatever that comes in in the future. 
I'll go to Mr. Vadera with the same question and also to um, Mr. Chava. Uh, you know, because that's been the theme for the last few years. You know, we are all going electric. Has the theme changed? Okay, uh, Dimashri, the electric vehicle, as Vikram said, uh, the there is no business case with the oil prices so low. Number one, and uh, to that extent, I think the build-up is going to take a lot of time. But if I if I am uh, let us say representing uh, the country. And I'm saying that uh, we need to be ahead of technology. And uh, I think electric vehicle technology, which is uh, in the nascent stages, is going to be an advantage for our country to leapfrog several uh, years ahead of others. This is one area where our country can take the lead. And if uh, government wants to convert, uh, move from pollution to energy security of the oil, dependence of oil, very very large extent therefore electric vehicle technology i think will continue to get pushed it is a golden opportunity to create local supply chain in india give incentives it is the time where we can move from manufacturing to rnd and product development it is something which can be having common parts across some earlier question you asked where can common rnd technology happen amongst oems I think it happens in those countries where the component manufacturers are able to give you design and components which can go in several cars. I think the time is coming where the component manufacturers will get uh, an opportunity to develop parts which are common across platforms. So I do see uh, a place for electric vehicle technology coming, uh, but maybe individually it will may not make a business case uh, because of the oil prices, but I think it's a golden opportunity not to miss it. Maybe it will take a break for a year or two, but it is if the government is wishing to be a global player and not miss the opportunity and have a global and have a domestic supply chain, I think uh, this is an area of uh, indulging and getting stimulus and going ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. The work seems to be stopping with the government uh, in all of in the entire discussion. Uh, so, Chava, you want to add to this? Two things. When we say oil prices are going down, I, we need to see, uh, we need to ask a question, is oil price going down for the consumer in India? Yeah. Will it ever go down? Right? Because the government wants to, uh, rightly so probably, they want to rake in the profits and they want to rake in the money because they want to have their reserves. So, so even if the price has gone down, our retail price of the oil has not gone down uh, that much right uh, so 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 that's so that's one thing second thing is i think we owe ourselves this industry oh uh, we owe ourselves a clear energy frame energy policy framework for the automotive industry you know i think that's the future globally i think we can't wish it away from india you know and whereas in india uh, we need a very local customized indian solution what suits our country so it means it, there there has to be a coexistence of cng to other gas based or ethanol based and uh, even ev and new new forms of new energy vehicles we need to have that kind of a mix and also we need to take care of the national interest in terms of not in, in terms of not placing our interest in some 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 other some one particular technology or 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 put all the resources in one particular area. As an example, even when we import oil, we have a basket of oil, right? We get from Oman or Brent uh, combination and Dubai combination. Likewise, in, in the hybrids or EVs, whatever you want to do, there are various global players. There are Chinese, there are Japanese, there are Koreans who are good in EV technology. Uh, 
we actually run out of time but i just wanted uh, to pop a quick question a final question actually to mr bhargava it's on the stimulus so if uh, mr bhargava if you if and when like mr kirloskar says it's still a pie in the sky the government does decide to carry out the long promised stimulus what would you see i mean what do you envisage how should it be structured and how should it be ordained oh my view has been expressed earlier i would like an immediate reduction in gst i would like the states to make the and uh, the charge on uh, road tax to be an annual charge not a one time charge at time of <clears throat> buying a car and i would like the three year insurance paid again to become an annual charge so that at the time of buying a car the customer only pays the lower gst and nothing else the rest all are annual charges great okay uh, thank you gentlemen i think it's been a fantastic uh, show uh, we would love to take this to 2 hours but uh, we have a time constraint so and i think uh, both of all of you have shared the pivot and perish uh, mantra and how we can go forward it's a very tough journey ahead so we have all accepted that to begin with and uh, to our viewers uh, please uh, keep track of our webinars we'll be back again with the pivot and perish uh, second episode thank you very much thank you everyone thank you thank you everyone thank you thank you thank you this was a live mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast i'm any apple and i'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series raising april it's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.